should write a book, Fry. People need to know about the can eat more. I'm getting this book on UFOs. Did you know they're real? But there's a huge comic conspiracy to cover it up. Oh, that's just a paranoid fantasy. I want to be a book. You can pick me up, flip through my pages, make sure nobody drew wieners in me. Hello and welcome to the Not Your Grandmother's Book Club podcast, where we read them so you don't have to. Because, fuck, I forgot to write one of those for this week. <laughs> so, it's fine, so did the author. The author we are reading also forgot how to write, so it's okay. My name is Kevin and I'm joined as always by my co-host Benedict, who is worried I'm going to dox him and send Antifa to surround his home. And today's okay, special guest Morgan Stringer, who does not have agency as an individual unless her man allows it. Both of you, <laughs> what Daily Wire conservative remake of a children's classic are you most excited for? <laughs> oh, no. Um, I think, oh, God, I don't know. I don't know. Aladdin. Oh, oh God, that'll be very upsetting. With the Middle Eastern characters. Where Jafar wins yeah, because he upsetting. had, because possession is nine-tenths of the law and he had yeah. the law. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. I don't know. I know uh, yeah, it's 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 just going to be very interesting to see what they do with yeah, all the characters. Yeah, but it'll yeah. be very upsetting and highly racist. Um, I think <laughs> I um I would say the one I'm most fearing is I remember. Uh, I'm sure you remember in school, like when you had to read, um, you know, things like Number of Stars and like Night by Ellie Wiesel and stuff like that. That's the mm-hmm. ones I'm most Ooh. afraid of. Them doing. Oh yeah, their yeah. remake of Mouse is not, not going to be great. Great, no. Um, <laughs> it's, I, yeah, my, I'm actually most looking forward to the remaking Song of the South and it just being the <laughs> just same. Song of the South. Yeah, Disney will not acknowledge they ever made that. They're like, what? That's it. <laughs> and Disney will be like, we can't sue because then we have to acknowledge that that's ours. I gotta say, I'm excited for the Mulan remake, where an agent of the government does a visual and uh, manual genital check of Mulan, uh, and she just oh, gets no. sent home to work in the kitchen, which I'm sure oh, God. is going to star Ben Shapiro's sister <laughs> slash wife. Anyways, oh. both of you, so glad to have you here today. I think the listeners know why Morgan is back on the show today. <laughs> but of course, we are here to go through the final half. There are only two halves to a thing, so it's always the final half if it's the second one. Of Ladies First, the MAGA hat romance novel, which, um, if you didn't hear part one, you gotta go back two episodes Please and listen, go listen to, part to part one. one. It is the only part, only podcast episode that my wife has ever <laughs> listened to of mine, and even she That's likes That's high it, praise. So. That is high praise, <laughs> yeah. to be sure. Uh, but so this, we are back this week, we're, like I said last time, we're skipping all the usual intro stuff that we do, uh, because there's, there's so much to get into, and we want to make sure we hit all the very massively important things about this book without leaving anything out. With all that, of course, we now continue our review of Ladies First, book one in the MAGA Hat Romance series, a book that teaches what real romance is, giving up anything you care about, no matter how insignificant, for the man who treats you like total garbage. Yeah, if, if you're a woman. Yes. If you're a man, okay. you don't have to do any <laughs> of, of that. The man, the man gets to have everything he actually wants. Yeah. That's what it's all about. I just finished a good, like, enemies to lovers thing, which is Bridgerton season two. So, of course, this was really, I just, astonishment um, all around. Upsetting, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Upsetting, I'm sure. But before we get into the, the book proper this week, there are two things. We had some things that were, were stuck in our craw, if you will. 
uh, from our first half of this review of this book. And so, me being me, I couldn't help but do a little bit of research on some of these issues. Now, number one is the subway issue. And the subway comes back up in the second half of this book. She keeps referring to this mode of transportation they are using around the city as a subway. Or a trolley. I happen to take a look and find that there are a total of eight subway systems in the entirety of the United States. New York, Washington, D.C., Chicago, Boston, San Francisco has some underground portions that apparently call themselves a subway. Uh, The subway between uh, New York and New Jersey is apparently a separate system. The Philadelphia subways and the Los Angeles Metro Rail. Do do any of them also have a trolley? I'm sure many of them also have trolleys, yes. Well, there can't be that many, because I think, like, New York doesn't, New Jersey doesn't, D.C. doesn't have a trolley. San Francisco does. Well, D.C. does have a trolley that goes down one street. We don't have to get into it. But that's not the important part. The important part for both of you is I also looked... And Donald Trump, after his election in 2016, never held a single rally to this very day in any city that has a subway system. Okay. He has never cool. done so. Ooh. Is there, awesome. is there, is, I wonder, I want that to be the reasoning. Like, he's like, does the city have a subway yeah. system? I'm just scared of subways. <laughs> Fuck public totally transportation. Me and my homies hate public transportation. <laughs> Maybe that's the case. But also, I mean, the, the closest you even get is that he did one rally before the 2016 election, uh, which uh, was in Los Angeles. It was a September 2015 event with about 1,000 people on the retired battleship, the USS Iowa, in the Los Angeles Harbor. That is the only time he has ever done a campaign event in a city that has technically a subway. So In a blue city. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, he's never done a rally in Boston, Chicago. I mean, you could say, I guess, technically... That January 6th was a rally in a city that has a subway because DC has a subway. Yeah, and I was going to ask, like, we all know Mike was there on January 6th, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Mike Mike was was in the cops on January 6th. Yeah, that's absolutely what happens in the um, epilogue to this tale. I mean, we've already talked about how this is basically. Yeah, it's it's her raising their kids as a single mom because he's in jail for January 6th. (laughs) And then the second issue, uh, which we spent a lot of time talking about, is the green hair dye issue. Now, we were all confused about what the fuck was in Ricky's hair in this book. And to be fair, so is this author, apparently. (laughs) So I looked into green temporary hair dye on the one place every self-loving, man-hating, feminist, democratic, socialist would shop, Amazon.com. Uh, and there are, you will be unsurprised to learn, many brands of green temporary hair dye on Amazon, but I tried to use my best intersectional feminist sense to discern which choices Ricky would make. And I think I found two that would fit the bill for her. The first is uh, called Punky Apple Green Semi-Permanent Conditioning Hair Color. It's non-damaging. It is vegan. Huh? Oh. Uh, Paraben-free. Okay. Uh, and so if you go down, of course, like I would do, To the comments for this, that's where I found probably the most interesting information about this product and something that I think must bear on our interpretation of how the book works out. Because one of the reviews states, quote, one star, do not use this, all caps. This is the single worst product I have ever purchased. I bought it because I wanted to try out black hair before going permanent. It started out good, pretty easy to apply. Then it all went bad when it was time to rinse it out. 
Oh, no. I cannot begin to tell you guys the mess this thing made. My hands and face were black. My bathtub ended up stained with blue ink. I lost time of how long it took me to rinse the stuff out. And even now, the water still comes out green. That is, if I don't use shampoo. When I do, all the ink gushes out and stains everything again. It took forever to get the stains off that thing of, off of my tub and my skin. It got to a point where I had to use a cotton ball with pure acetone to get it off because oh neither soap, gosh. water, or oh. alcohol were enough. Just putting nail, nail polish removal on your hair. I wouldn't even use this stuff to dye clothes, let alone my hair and skin. Jesus. <laughs> and this woman included photographs no! of her hands and the crime scene looking bathtub that this yeah. product left when she washed it out of her I thought it was going to be hands. of her hair after she used this, yeah. which I was no. like, Gitmo couldn't have gotten that out of me. <laughs> no. My hair looked And if like you that. go look, please, please, listeners, go look. Go find this on Amazon and look at the picture. I want to imagine this is what fucking Michelle and Mike's bathroom looks like after this woman finished washing out the green dye from her hair. Not a quick shower then, is what <laughs> you're saying. Yeah, so that's me. why it held up in the rain. Yes, yeah. yes, they she fucking destroyed these people's bathrooms. And I'd like that yeah. to be a subtext to what happens to the She turns back up book. at Michelle's house and she's like, How dare you show your face in? She's just covered in green, like she's been scrubbing on hands and knees. Like She's just turned into the incredible yeah. Hulk trying to clean her own bathroom. She's practically made napalm with all the chemicals she's been using to clean the bathroom. <laughs> Yes. Don't light a match in here, the whole thing will go up. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, and the other one that I found is called Crazy Color Hair Dye. It's also vegan and cruelty-free. Uh, and the main point about this is I, you know, I see all the, the pictures they have of all the, the you know, uh, models who are showing all these various colors you can put in your hair. And I, just as a queer man, I am saying that you know, it's not as though we people my people have a look but i can tell you that every single one of the people who they got to model this product is not straight uh <laughs> there's not a single person who they got who is straight who is modeling these products so anyways those two issues now solved we can continue with our review of chapter eight. <laughs> I don't know if I would call them solved. <laughs> like that might be a little bit of an overstatement. Yeah, I love how we're doing an unsolved mystery segment. We need the uh, OG announcer uh, to come back and be like, oh, Yes! I just talked about him on the show a couple weeks ago. God, yeah, I love I know. that man. It keeps coming All right. full circle. Oh. Yeah. oh, yeah, that was when you were on. Duh, that's what I talked about. Anyways, chapter eight begins a quote. <clears throat> uh, magnificently. Yes, yes. shall I, I do my say. chapter titles? <laughs> Oh, yes, yes, yes Morgan, okay. I forgot. Please do. Yes, chapter eight. She is hot without those glasses. <laughs> or, fuck <laughs> but, you, I am but, nice. But apparently, with her yes. entire body and hands stained green from washing out the dye in her hair. But it continues. If he'd been standing up when Ricky came into the living room, he might have fallen over. The transformation from freakish <laughs> liberal to wholesome girl next door was radical and of it, in and of itself. And there she was again, standing beneath the front porch light, saying goodnight to Michelle. All he wanted was to get close. <laughs> physically close. <laughs> the closer, the better. He scrambled from the driver's seat and sprinted around to open the door for the all-American girl who was no longer the blathering lib of 30 minutes ago. She just hadn't figured it out yet. 
Okay, I have several comments. <laughs> First of all, I was so confused because I had, I think, wiped this whole thing from my mind. So I was like, is he in the living room and the truck at the same time? Because <laughs> he, at the end of the last chapter, he had gone, he had seen her in the living room and then gone out to wait in the truck, presumably because he had an erection that he couldn't control. Yes, yes. And, then, and so he doesn't wear a then, belt, so he couldn't tuck it up. Yeah. He was guys use, know what using the erection to keep his pants up. <laughs> um, so... Sorry, I have I have overwhelmed myself with the thought of that. Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so I, I was like, okay, is he in the living room? It's like, oh no, he just would have fallen over, but he's not even in the living room. And then he like panics and gets out of the truck, almost as if appearances can be very deceptive. Mm-hmm. So he's like, oh, this woman's completely changed because she's taken her glasses off as Morgan so, uh, so adroitly put it. Yeah, it's very confusing. Yeah, and I think this goes to show in that the lo- a lot of conservative men have this weird fantasy about turning a liberal woman into a conservative oh like if they just like get me down good enough then you know i'll I'll change oh yeah that that is basically the thrust of this book i mean it's it's one step away from the horrible you know that lesbian just needs to find a good dick right it's one step away from that bullshit oh yeah not very far off at all absolutely and um yeah and i've been blonde once and it it changed none of my political (laughs) beliefs Really? I would have thought he would have. You wouldn't be a blathering lib anymore. It was a balayage in everything, you know, like (laughs) serving that blonde, hateful Trump secretary. (laughs) But now we get, and this, okay, this line fucking killed me. I've talked about the tone shifts in this book. It's so funny. This is one of the tone shifts. Because for this chapter, we're back in Mike's mind. He's the narrator. And this is him talking to Ricky now. Gosh, you look great. I mean, beautiful. It's so funny, as if you'd be like, "Oh, sorry, uh, beautiful." Like, as if like, like speak to me like you have some confidence, please. Yeah. I mean, okay, we've heard him in this book doing like, "Yeah, the Antifa, they just want to murder everyone, all blood, but don't worry, it stays by me." And now he's, "Oh, of course, you're so pretty." It's also it's also very funny that he like. This isn't the first time he's seen her since she came out of the shower. So, like, what happened first is he ran away. <laughs> and then now she's come outside and he's gone, wow, you're pretty. Like, he's scared of girls. Yeah, I think that is it. Which, well, he is, Morgan. He is. Because that's what happens at the end of this chapter. He's scared of women. <laughs> yeah. But then the next line this writer puts in here for us is, quote, Daggers came out from her eyes. If they were real, they'd go straight into his heart. Yeah, that meant he right, had bros. the desired effect. So he was... Trying to piss her off? Yeah. I guess? Yeah, which I'm like, do you want to, like... Because he clearly wants to hate fuck her. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Because friction makes sparks, right? That's the... But this writer doesn't know how to do it. As I said, with, like, season two with Bridgerton, that's an example of a good, like... (laughs) Enemies to lovers situation, or, like, I can't stand you, but it's because I want to fuck you, and, like... It's like a a Much Ado About Nothing vibe. Morgan's going to be announcing her new Bridgerton podcast at the end of the episode. Oh, God. Stick around if you uh, you want to find that. They would send me the biggest cease and desist, (laughs) along with a bonk, go to horny prison. You were on death row. But uh, so yeah, they're they're getting into the truck and they're about to start heading off. Um, she calls her beautiful, and of course she's upset about that because what feminist woman would not be angry about being called? Yeah, beautiful? I hate we it. We all have had that situation. I hate yeah. it. And then uh, she wants to fuck his pickup truck. Is what I learned next in this book. 
she's well the, the, does the, the, the i i love the language usage where like he laughs and then he's like another time he'd have hung back worried about what she thought let her nail him like <laughs> wh- why are we using nail in this context <laughs> oh yeah like is he wanting her to dominate him was like kind of my thing i think I and be like, so, you cuck soy maybe. boy, and you know. Look, there is a there is a small bag, a black bag, underneath the back seat of his pickup truck, and only some people get to see what's inside of that bag. <laughs> but uh, we now learn some important information about Mike that I've been wondering about the entirety of this book, and that is we finally learn what the fuck his job is supposed to be. And we get a little mm. bit more uh, detail about it as this book goes on, but we are told conclusively that Mike is a contractor, which is an entirely vague term with virtually no meaning rather than what I'm sure the author meant by it. Can you please read how we come by that information? Oh, yes. How does she ask Uh him what what he does? A quote. Black, hmm? It's nice. Nice house. Nice truck. So what capitalist enterprise lets you buy a vehicle of this sort and own your own home? Construction. I'm a contractor. He backed out of the driveway and put the truck in drive. And my sister and I both own the house. Okay. <laughs> that makes it slightly less heroic and cool, yeah. I guess. It's like, well, I couldn't afford the deposit on my own. So me and sis had to. Well, also, they don't mention, he never talks about his parents. And so, um, and later on when they say they bought the house in college, I was like, that seems not true. So I have a theory that he mm-hmm. and Michelle killed their parents and live in their oh, house. Maybe, yeah. Did he say that they bought it in college? Yeah, yeah later on, on. Yeah, Did I miss that? yeah, as you do. Okay, so he while apparently you're in college, went to fucking college. Yeah, while you're in college, you buy a house. What could it cost? Ten dollars? As, as as we all do. <laughs> I don't. That makes no goddamn. This this book keeps throwing me for fucking loops. A, I still don't know how old these people are supposed to fucking be. But B, I prefer to imagine that Michelle is the one paying the lion's share of their mortgage out of her OnlyFans proceeds. So that's how I'm going to imagine it for the rest of the Michelle, to be fair to her, seems pretty cool. Yeah, we never learn what the fuck she's supposed to do. Because why would that matter to this book? My my favorite bit is where, like, the author ties herself in knots because she's trying to be like, oh, did you hate everyone at the Trump rally? And she was like, (laughs) yeah, except the female security. They were badass. Because she was like, even though no feminist woman would hate female security. Okay, but we were never told about female security unless she (laughs) She meant the Nazis. Or, like... Was she talking about the khaki? clad nazis and also they weren't like why do you have specific female security like do the men assault women a lot is that going on and then also i was like they apparently weren't that badass if you got beat up were they right so but we also get more description of his outfit at this point uh which is exactly the same as the last description of his outfit but we learn more about it where the author says quote he was glad he'd worn his work uniform to the rally he wanted her to see him this way He wore this every day, even on weekends, even to presidential rallies. Button-down shirt. Not a dress shirt an executive would wear to the office, but one that wouldn't look out of place under a sport coat either. One whose sleeves he would roll up if he had to get his hands dirty. Okay. He wears the same clothes every day, is what I take He wears a white shirt that's not too fancy. Like, cool, awesome. do not wear that with a sport coat and then have the audacity to be seen with someone like me. I will eat you <laughs> up. I, like, if I had money, I would dress like I was attending a Met Gala every day. Are you insane? And also it shows, again, he's a contractor in the way of like, oh, yeah, I'm a real man. I'm not like some cook executive that makes money and wears a dress shirt. Yeah. And I'm like, it's not just executives that wear dress shirts. Um, 
That's not yeah, a thing. That is very um, true. Yeah, my yeah, like my unlike my cuck father and his executive <laughs> office. But um, <laughs> but yeah, no. So it be also it's like in case he gets his hands dirty, and I'm like, oh yeah, because that's his whole aesthetic is like, oh, I'm a working class mm-hmm. man, and it's like, no, you drive around a one hundred thousand dollar truck and you rarely actually get your hands dirty but yeah also if i'm gonna i like if you're gonna get your hands dirty rolling up the sleeves is not gonna save your white shirt dickhead like (laughs) (laughs) yes mostly mostly true uh but we also now we get into some more of i think what the real uh point of this book is which is that hey women you should really fall in in love with the guy who does nothing but treat you like total shit oh yeah yeah. because other than calling her beautiful the rest of their interaction until they part for the next couple of days is going to be him treating her like total shit and mocking her. That is all he fucking does. But like irredeemably, not in like a cute way. Like, yeah, yeah, like a mean way. Like if a man said yeah. this to me, I would either roast him or I would cry. Like it, like those are, you know, my, my two responses. But with him later on, um, and I'm sure we'll get to it, where he seemingly kidnaps her. Um, I, yes. that's when I would have punched him and then ran out of a truck. We just do a tuck and roll. You know, sometimes you got to do that. <laughs> sometimes you got to do it. Like no shame yeah. in it. But so it starts off again with, uh, what uh, we mentioned earlier, the question about the rally and that female security. And he starts digging to find out what she was so surprised about. Uh, and he says, uh, or she says, I'm not sure how to describe it, but it was different. Diversity. Inclusion? That's Mike's response. That surprised me, but there was something more. Everybody was so happy, dot, 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 and nice. Even when they found out who I was, they said welcome, and we hope you enjoy it. It creeped me out. If not for the blog, I would have left early. It's got to be a cult. People just aren't that together on anything unless they've been somehow brainwashed. Not incorrect. There's so much in there. One... There was nothing. We read it. We saw what happened. She never told anyone she was a, a liberal or a well, leftist. Well, no, but it, we, we talked about this. It was obvious from her appearance. Yeah, oh, okay. she's a green hair. Yeah, yeah. yeah she's I'm absolutely a, a cop. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then uh, all the diversity and inclusion. Um, always great that this offer has to over and over and over again write about the great diversity and inclusion <laughs> along, among the MAGA crowd. There's a bit later where she meets Jack and he says, look at me, I'm black. Which <laughs> is the funniest thing I've ever read. Um, the ladies first doth protest too much. Yeah, it is very much like, you know, but I'm sure she would say that we're obsessed with identity politics. Meanwhile, she has to count all the Asians and black people that every were there time. every time. Um, yeah, but also they aren't happy. Like no one at a Trump no. rally is there because Trump says these positive things are there because it's all fear and anger and hatred that's what it's built on it's built on tearing things down and they the author mm-hmm. keeps saying that like that this is a positive worldview and everything and i'm like no it's negative every time y'all get in control of congress y'all obstruct and want to tear things apart you never want to actually build anything well and also like there are two possible time frames we've established in which this could be happening one immediately following the 2016 election Two immediately before the 2020 election during COVID, uh, mm. so we we're, we're still unsure. We don't get any answers about that throughout the remainder of this book about when it's actually taking place. I think it's more likely that it's a you know singularity outside of our normal timeline in which all time yeah, and space is compressed to a single point. Uh, but 
in one of those circumstances, the crowd, I mean, you could argue post-2016 election, you know, there might have been a more joyous mood rather than before 2020 when it was literally the Democrats stole the House in the midterm elections and now they're going to steal this election and, hey, you should go beat up Jim Acosta standing in the back there. Like, I feel like there might be a slight difference in the way this this went down based on when it was supposedly happening, but... I, I can't tell you for sure. Yeah, but they're I, happy because they get to oppress people. But yeah, but then sure. he says, oh, wow. Um, you know, Mike says to Ricky that, oh, you're pissed. You're so pissed off that people are happy. And it's like, mm-hmm. she didn't yeah. say that. And again, it's like Mike always no, loves to like uh, pretend as if he knows what's going on in Ricky's head and just get angry at yeah, the assumptions. Yeah. It's literally the Twitter thing of making up a guy. Inventing a guy to get mad and making, at. Yeah, making up a guy to get mad at. <laughs> It really is. It's just like spouting off, you know, Fox News talking points based on your assumption about what's going on in someone else's head based off of uh, straw men you've been fed by far. Well, exactly. I mean, like this whole next two pages, she says nothing about her worldview. What Mm -hmm. she says is, I I was a business major major at undergrad. And he says, see how socialism works out then. Fucking business major. Yeah. And, yeah, no. Yeah, and then he also says about her degree because, you know, she's getting her masters in um in gender studies, gender studies because, you know, gender of course, studies, yeah. But and he says he changes the subject, you know, from the being like, "Oh, you're just pissed off people are happy," but he changes it to something so much worse. He says, "I quote, since there's nowhere in the real world to earn a living with a degree like that, you must plan to indoctrinate others in the evils of mom and dadhood at the university." Which, what an uh-huh. awful thing to say to somebody! You just told this woman you think she is a bad person and doing evil in the world, and that something that she cares about and is passionate about has no use in the real world and we do need gender studies largely because of i would say people like mike and how we navigate (laughs) that and how they impact us and for all these other reasons and also what the fuck does gender studies have to do with um you know having kids versus not having kids it's it's yeah it's insane and then yeah which when she says, I'm covered, I don't need it, but I got an undergrad in business. And Mike laughs at her and says, business, that's a joke. Want to run my business and do payroll? After two weeks, you'll throw socialism out the window. And again, as like what Benedict said, oh, when no, did he... she say she was a socialist? <laughs> he puts in the, the single swear word, as far as I can tell, of this entire book, where he actually says, after about two weeks of that, you'll toss that socialism shit right out the window. Oh, he says shit later yeah. on. Did he? Yeah, I, I must have yeah, missed yeah, that yeah, one. On. I must have missed it. But yeah, he's he's just mocking her, and he's incredibly rude. He's really... yeah. He's like, how old are you? Eight? Even an eight-year-old understands basic economics, which, first of all, is not true. That, yeah. Like, no eight-year-old understands even basic economics. That is not true at all. But that's just a mean thing. Like, it's not like a he said with a twinkle in his eye. Like, he said thinking, fuck you. Like, <laughs> but also gender studies. I mean, it's always just like, that's the right wing. It's a line. Like, there are so yeah. few actual people pursuing a master's degree in gender studies in this world compared to every fucking other program out there. Also, 
who offers a master's in gender studies? That's not a master's type program. You'd be getting a PhD, not a master's in that, most likely. Also, the the other thing that I find amazing about this is he's like, oh, so my people that risk their lives every day shouldn't make more than the people sitting on their ass? Like, that is how it works now. The dickhead doing nothing in the corporate office makes way more than yeah. your guy sat 32 floors up. Yeah. Like, what do you think is happening in the real world right but now? No, it, but no, it's but, even worse than that. So with Mike saying, oh, even an eight-year-old understands basic economics what that tells me is mike's understanding of the economy has not advanced since he was eight <laughs> that's what that tells me so i was like okay that that actually was very telling and then he does the typical thing where conservatives will you know use halloween or allowance as an example which that's a stupid mm-hmm. metaphor because allowance has nothing to do with like how taxation in a society works where he's like oh it's like if i mowed the lawn and then i have to give it to my sister because even though she didn't earn it but she deserves it i'm like okay well that's not the same thing as uh living in a society but uh, well yeah halloween also works as an analogy because if you've got two kids who are otherwise equal and they go out and the boy gets way more than the girl for no reason (laughs) at all if you're a parent you'd be like hey share with your sister yeah that's fair like yeah but so the the other thing of the thing that stuck out to me this is really like this author her entire understanding of what Ricky, which is Ricky has been described multiple times as basically like a radical feminist or a socialist or just a regular Democrat. But of course, to these people, those three are all the same. Um, and basically, she's just calling for like straight up, I don't know, communism, I guess. Yeah, I, she I says, think that's what it is. There's so much money in this country, so the government should pay for it all, healthcare, housing, anything. And I was like, well, most people on the left don't necessarily like a agree on that or even like how Mm -hmm. it should be done like no one's and of course the author is thinking we should just give people mansions right and not like (laughs) through the form of rent control or subsidies or uh you know anything like that and yeah there is a ton of the version of it that this author puts into ricky's mouth is very much just the ricky actually says oh well everyone just gets money from the government and then spends it on what they need which i thought maybe this author was trying to make a commentary on the idea of uh universal basic income but I think I'm giving her too much credit. Oh, yeah. I I think this author, literally, the idea she thinks that the left, quote-unquote... Magical money trade. That's old socialist Joe wants is that everyone gets paid from the government, and that's their money, and that's it, and it's all equal. I think that's what this author thinks. Yeah, and the author hates teachers, too, because going back to where... Oh, Yeah, fucking hates teachers, because, again, going back to, like, oh, you're going to indoctrinate children... But the hatred for the teachers pops out back when, you know, Mike is talking about, um, oh, so my guy working 32 floors up gets paid the same as some guy pushing pencil or a teacher in the classroom. And I was like, what the fuck did the, and he says, a guy who works in the mines gets paid the same as a preschool teacher. And also, yeah, under capitalism, it's like, yeah, they're having to risk their lives to get black lung and they're disposable. And also the reason mining jobs are going out of vogue is because natural gas is so much fucking cheaper. Welcome to the invisible hand of a free market, bitch. Like, I don't know what to tell yeah. you. Um, I thought these people love this stuff and they clearly don't understand it. And Mike uh, says, oh, I'm rich, richer than you. No one forces you to work a shit job indoctrinating dupes who can't even think for themselves. Don't make me laugh. And I guarantee you this same woman has also said the thing of, oh, just go get an education. It doesn't matter what it's in. Just follow your passion and dreams. And then later on being like, well, fuck you. No one told you to get a (laughs) non-STEM degree, which we need non-STEM degrees because that's how we get psychopaths like Mark Zuckerberg 
Spielberg because they've never taken an actual humanities class and been forced to think about empathy before. And we also need <laughs> arts and education and more understanding of the world because that's how we progress as a society through all of those things. So, yeah, no. Well, yep. that, that point. Oh, amen. That point where Amen. he says to her, you know, you're, you're working a shit job indoctrinating people, don't make me laugh, is the point where this turns legally from a bad car ride into a kidnapping. Because she tells him yeah. at that point to let her out of the car. Yes. And he says no. <laughs> Mike, you have just kidnapped someone. <laughs> Which, no legal advice from podcasts, famously. But don't do that! But, hey, little legal advice here. If someone tells you to let them the fuck out of your car, you let them the fuck out of your car. As the non-lawyer on the podcast, don't kidnap people. Yeah, and it's not like she's in a situation where she's, like, drunk and belligerent or something, and it's, like, you know, two in the morning or something, and, yeah. and they're on a busy street. And minus ten yeah, degrees, And you have yeah. to, like, let her out. Like, yeah, it's not a situation like that. It is broad daylight. They're in a suburban neighborhood. They are, like, a street over from her parents house which again if a man mm -hmm. was yelling at me like this and calling me evil and everything i would think he was about to hit me because i've been in a situation like this before in a bar where i happen to be not talking to this man at all but it was talking to a friend and bernie sanders came up and this man just started yelling at me and got up in my face and i even told him i said if oh, you want to fight me let's go and I think that took him aback okay. so much he left. But um, that would, to be fair, that would take me aback. Oh, yeah, I, would, like, I would have to leave. Like, girl, I'll box. Like, you don't understand. I will fucking fight you. So, you know, um, you're not about to intimidate me. But yeah, no, I think that this is very scary. I would not want this man knowing where my family lived. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As we will find out later, because they might fucking tell yeah. 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 yeah, But then, so, they get to Ricky's Ricky's parents' house, and then this, this book is the, breaks Benedict's brain. Can I read this? Please, can I read all yes, of this? Yes, please, go right okay, ahead. Cool. So, he, they get there, and then she, she let herself out, because of course, and then she nearly collided with him in front of the truck, because he'd been running around to the Benny Hill music, trying to open her door <laughs> for her. And he says, you just won't let anyone be nice to you, will you? That has nothing to do with it. What is it then? That I'm a male chauvinist pig? She laughed at that, finally. Now, he said, is that so hard? It's why, she said, still laughing at him, I wouldn't ask you to go out with me. Well, I make it a point not to make, to, not to date Nazis, he says, for some reason, like implying she's a Nazi, I don't know. And then without warning, she stepped in close, looking him right in the eye. His female defense shield went Ooh. up. He wanted to back away, alert to danger, but instead he went still, like, waiting to see what she would do. She went up on her tiptoes and softly kissed him on the mouth. They stayed together like that for several seconds. He broke away first, gently, and looked at her. Her eyes were still closed, her pale... None of this makes sense! You just hated each other five seconds ago! <laughs> doesn't make any sense. Her pale lashes lay on her cheek. What does that mean? She came back down and opened them, keeping her gaze to his, while he swallowed hard and tried to ignore the rushing sound in his head. She could play with a man's senses, senses as well as any female. She had to have known what what she was doing i'd say so she just kissed him like of course yeah she yeah <laughs> jesus christ what is any of this she he calls her a nazi Benedict, and then Benedict, she you know him. exactly what I this is so, this know, is the come on this relationship we've all seen this relationship this is the you totally suck as a human being but i want to see you naked and i am willing to be degraded and demeaned as a human being in exchange for that that's what it's this relationship bizarre. is and then she turns around and says, have a nice life. <laughs> <laughs> that made me laugh. <laughs> that was good. That was good. So and that's, that's how we finish up chapter eight with that fucking nonsense. 
and get to chapter nine, which Morgan, what is our chapter title for chapter nine? I was there when Ricky received unanimous applause at the Bougie Feminist Club. I was the cigar <laughs> okay. box. Okay. Okay, yeah, I was I was wondering who would be there, and, and yeah, you're just the type. Because now, and look, timeline-wise, we have no idea what the fuck okay. is going on. Oh, I have so many I have guesstimations on timeline. I have, yeah. I have it's 1 p.m. It's right. It's it's, a, it's at least 1 in the Which afternoon. Which I caught a Barely 1 in the here. afternoon. Uh, Miss Adams, yeah. I gotta say, you did get my ass being like drinking wine spritzers on a Friday at barely 1 in the <laughs> afternoon. I'm like, uh, it's rarely as light as a wine spritzer, honey, but all right. <laughs> So best this as is, I can this tell, this is also hold on, hold on, because mm-hmm. I have some I have some problems with the timeline here, yes. which we will get to later. But this is one in the afternoon, and Ricky has yet to give her speech or do her reading. But yep. it's one in the afternoon, and then what? Well, we'll get to it. But things happen in the afternoon that is then later claimed that things that happened in the afternoon affected things that somehow happened in the morning, uh-huh. despite them having to have happened in the afternoon. Again, Benedict, singularity sense. theory. The singularity yes, theory also, here is going to be... This is the chapter I was talking about before Morgan came on, where it's like the author, <laughs> she's trying to do like the show don't tell thing, and then she's like, is that obvious enough? I don't know. So ba- the, it's it's the country club setting for the for the meeting, and she's and obviously she's trying to be like, these fucking leftists at their country club. They don't oh yeah, know. well this is the sisterhood. It's a meeting of yeah, the sisterhood. Exactly. The mysterious group. So, we've heard about many times already so she's sipping wine amidst the formal trappings of a university country club mansion overlooking the seventh fairway that was owned by the president of the university's most radical feminist group (laughs) on her anxiety at having publicly told such a big fat lie okay leave it there but then she goes if she were being honest ricky would be outraged isn't this what the organization constantly railed against after all she had committed to a life that ran according to the trolley schedule and all its collective merits she bought her clothes at the goodwill because of her budget and because it was wrong to live any better than the better don't you remember that that point in uh Karl marx's communist manifesto that uh, everyone has to shop at the goodwill don't you remember that yeah that portion? yeah yeah no it's it's like the uh, the labor mp who used to love champagne and cigars <laughs> and they called him a hypocrite and he was like my dear you don't understand i want this for everybody <laughs> exactly exactly yeah. uh, so, so anyway leave it there she's like they're at the country club and she's like oh, i don't know if that's i don't know if people will get that and then she's like Aren't they all hypocrites in, like, big red letters, essentially? <laughs> I love it so much. It's great. It's great. So we've established, we established a couple things here in this chapter. Uh, and one of them is that she wrote her blog post. And it is, as far as best as I can tell, it, it that was three days ago that she wrote and mm. put up the blog yeah, post. Yeah, yeah. And she did that apparently. Oh, the, the event was three days ago, and yeah. then at some point between then right. and now, the blog post has been written, and she's been inducted into the. And in story. those two, three days since the blog post went up, she got twelve thousand hits, which is viral. On her blog, viral, totally viral. Yeah. By Front page Liberty news, Adam national Stanton. news. <laughs> <laughs> there are videos of cats doing nothing on the internet that have. Hundreds of thousands of views. But yes, 12,000 hits to this woman's blog, and she has now gone viral. And now, as you said, she is at the sisterhood meeting, where she is I wonder how many of those were just mic refreshing. Well, she's already... Hate reading her blog. She's, she's Yeah, she's just reading her blog to them, and apparently she's already been inducted? We skipped yeah. over that whole part. Uh, I don't know what happened there, but... Um, uh, so she's already been inducted. Now she's just hanging out at this bougie country club mansion where all this stuff happened and we're getting do you think snippets. that makes her a hypocrite is she a hypocrite for living in a bougie country she club doesn't mansion? even live there it's know. just like where they have the yeah, meetings yeah. like it's not even described as like anyone lives there i mean i guess maybe it's implied that amber maroney does which i'm very into amber 
Um, but um, <laughs> oh, she is oh, a, a dominant lady. <laughs> she is living the fucking life. We'll get to also, it in a there, moment. She, okay, she does not own like she is twenty years old. She does not no. own a country club. No, or the no, country no, club no, no. mansion. This is the, that, it's like, implied that this is like mommy and daddy's. Yeah, and it's like oh, right? it's like one of those um, it's like one of those mansions that's like in the neighborhood of a country club, and it overlooks the fairway. Yeah. One of those kinds of situations. But also, I think that people on the left kind of wouldn't eat, would have eaten Ricky up for calling somebody a redneck like maybe you know what i mean like we don't even get to see what the blog post even really is other than vague descriptions and also the author does not know how to use symbolism because she describes her kiss with mike as a judas iscariot kiss (laughs) meant to show that she would betray him and i'm like in the bible you know your favorite book Judas Iscariot does this to identify Jesus to the Roman soldiers, to which I imagine the Roman soldiers probably were like, hey, yo, but, um, it's not yeah it's not like a it's not like a goodbye yeah ricky was not if if she was identifying mike to like some antifa members and then they topped out of the bushes then okay that would have worked new layer maybe that's what happened but no like that was just they were alone in the driveway and also they say that she would have surrendered completely to the kiss had the kiss went longer Mm -hmm. so i was thinking what the fuck does that mean was she going to fuck him in the driveway of her parents house god i wish oh 100 percent. also morgan you're not noting but her lips had not yet recovered (laughs) god go stand up you were weak in the knees stand up so we've learned now We've learned now about the blog Also, post. can I just point out that she doesn't? She not only calls him a redneck, but she also calls him a man with the redneck. Yes, yes, that's in the blog post. <laughs> a man with a redneck. So we get the blog. We get we get snippets of the blog post, and basically, it's telling us that what she put is, is just a total lie. She wrote up that this white guy with the redneck—that's how he's written in the blog post—is the one who ran in and was just attacking protesters. That's that's basically the gist of it. And that the anti-fascists were, in fact, the one who had rescued Ricky from this wild man with a red neck who was flailing around madly at all the protesters. That's that's what she put up. And everyone is just congratulatory for this great achievement of her of, of writing a blog post. Yeah, everyone stands up um, and claps. And Yep. Yeah, which to be, no one has ever done for me. I've written many books. <laughs> it really just is a fantasy of like, oh yeah, this is how they, this is how the lying media does it. They all just write their blog posts, and then everyone says it's true. Oh, it drives you nuts. And she has purple hair now. The, Her, yes, lavender, purple lavender, hair. Yes. Very lavender. important. So another bathroom destroyed. Uh, but we <laughs> now learn a little bit more about Mike's profession. <laughs> Where she, someone asked her uh, from the sisterhood about Mike and all these details and how she knew about him. And she lies and said, ah, I talked to him at the rally, blah, blah, blah. Oh, and by when the she's way, asked what Mike does, she sorry. says. Yeah, I was just going to say, at no point in any of their conversation does he tell her this, right? No. I mean, like this is, and we, we're present for their entire conversation. Yep. Like every word that's spoken between them, <laughs> we hear as readers. Yeah. And every nowhere does he say this. Awkward and she doesn't yeah, nowhere name. does he say this. She doesn't name the name of his construction company, does she? Because that also is she says name. where he's she says where he's working. Okay. Yeah, she gives a, a location where he's working because she says he's in construction, runs a construction management firm, commercial, 
Right now, he's at the Place 4 Project downtown, okay. which I'm just calling bullshit. Mike does not run a construction management firm, especially one that's building a large commercial building in the middle of the city, yeah, unless Daddy gave him that fucking job like Don. He's Peter. a consultant. Yeah. My brother is in construction management, and my, br- my father owns a construction company. Wow, my yourself. brother does not work for my father. He works somewhere entirely different, and he went to college for that shit. Mike didn't go to fucking college. He wears work pants with no belt. There's no fucking comparison. Drives me nuts. Drives me a little bit nuts. But now, Melissa Harding. Now the two minutes hate. We get to meet Amber Maroney, which I said, I think this is anti-Italian discrimination on the part of the author. (laughs) Well, this is where we get to chapter 10. And Morgan, what is our title? I, well, hold on. I, can I just say that I read it yep. as Moroni, like the Mormon angel. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Oh, that's my great. God. That's, that's the best. Um, chapter 10 is, I accidentally clicked a link that had a woman kneeling in penance once, too. Or Also, um, I've got... This bitch, ooh, this bitch has papyrus. And also, that was definitely Morgan Freeman in the author's mind. (laughs) So we get to chapter 10, and uh, Melissa's name has just been called by the sisterhood. uh, And Ricky whispers, what's going on? And Karen, the roommate, who I think we heard about before. We did, yeah, um, because I noticed that it was Just tells her in response, the best part. And so Melissa, she this gets, is she insane. Rises. By the way, like, this is she, absolutely what, uh-huh. like this whole bit is like. Do you think this is what happens? Mm-hmm. She she walks over to Amber and Amber pushes her down onto the ground on her knees. in front of like not in like a shove, but like hand on top of the shoulder, pushing her down. You know what to I'm talking. Knees. You know you know what you know what this is. Yeah. Pushes her down onto it's, her knees. Yeah. Uh, and she's she's kneeling in the middle of a room full of women, and she is told, I believe this is she Amber, pulls out a p- well, she puts it, pulls out yeah. a scroll, a parchment, a papyrus scroll, scroll a parchment scroll. This bitch got papyrus. <laughs> what well, is parchment Amber, made of? Like vellum, isn't it? Like made of like um, so, like yeah. cowhide? Yeah, yeah. It's expensive shit. I know that. But Amber reads from the scroll. Quote. <clears throat> For the egregious offense of having a father who is an officer of the Miami-Dade Police Force, an occupation marked by racial injustice towards marginalized communities, led by this illegitimate government, Melissa Harding is hereby censured and shunned for a period not to exceed 90 days to commence immediately. That is such a funny punishment. We are all going to dramatically turn our backs. They get you for three months. They, yeah, I know, I know. They so literally funny. all turn around, and then they, when they turn back around, Melissa is gone. Yes. Yes. Yeah, they kill her. Okay, Benedict has repeatedly on our show suggested bringing back official public ostracization, and this chapter made me take him seriously for once. <laughs> Yeah, the author heard me saying that we should publicly ostracize people, and it was like, that's the left's idea. Yeah. <laughs> but then, after everyone turns back around and Melissa is gone, Amber says, quote, Before I dismiss you, ladies, anyone is welcome to stay for cigars and whiskey in the sunroom. Otherwise, see you at next month's meeting. Okay. I love that. I love that. I was like, yes, I would love to drink whiskey and smoke fucking a huge cigar with this woman who sits in velvet chairs and does power moves on people. I want nothing more. Me and Amber Baroni, yep. could you imagine? 
that power uh-huh. couple. Power couple. Oh god. I, mean, I was gonna ask We're wearing suits. I was gonna ask what these cigar and whiskey tastings are usually like at the radical Oh god. You go um th- th- not nearly enough, but I love it. And you can tell it's the <laughs> author being like, look at these women acting like men. And I'm like, could I want exactly and I'm imagining exactly Amber is wearing a suit. Like, I'm thinking uh-huh. the one that Zendaya wore to the Oscars after party yeah. recently. Yep. Like, it yep. looks good. Um, no, 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 no. She is wearing an actual Hillary Clinton pants. Oh, my God. Like, not one oh, yeah. that's modeled off of Hillary, but, like, one that Hillary took off, put on a rack, and was sent to Amber. That is what she is wearing. Oh, my God. No, I, I love it. I was like, I would like cigar and whiskey in a sunroom in a country club mansion and discuss mm-hmm. men's business. That's what I want to do. But so uh, we learn that this happens all the time, according to Karen, who apparently has been in this organization longer. It's basically Nexium's. Yeah, basically. And it's also very they, funny that, like, clearly they all knew this about this woman. Like, this isn't new information that her dad's a cop, but, like, now they've just decided that now is the time that she's going to be shunned right. for 90 did days. Did you not do a background check at the beginning? Yeah, it's you waited until they've so been hard in for, like, to six get months? into this fucking thing. Like, what yeah, would they what do the if, they, if she found out her dad was a hunter? Also, like, her dad's a city hunter that hunts meat for, like, because he clearly <laughs> lives in the city with her. And he's like, what's he doing? Like, hunting meat like, in the city? city like, I don't know if you know this, but a city hunter is also a police officer officer just different prey yeah but it's it's crazy um because i'm like no no one gives a fuck that anybody's dad is a cop now had she been like doing wild shit maybe but not like that like people don't like chastise you publicly and then have everybody turn their back on you literally like that that was that part was insane that part of amber it's a little but i could change her i could change amber (laughs) of course you could (laughs) but so she takes the trolley home again, we are told. It is referred to as a trolley once again. Uh, and so she goes back, and when she's grabbing the mail out of the mailbox, she's talking to Jack, the building superintendent, who, by the way, <laughs> none of you should know your superintendents. That's not a good thing. You should not be aware of that. But this is also the point where Jack lets her know he is mad at her. I'm and black. Jack, <laughs> Jack says, quote, I hate to say this. I really do. You and me, we always got along, right? But Miss Petra, you're full of it. And you have to know it. I was there. I was at the rally. None of that happened. Look at me. I'm a black man. If anybody (laughs) saw white supremacists, that would be me. And I'll tell you for a fact, the stuff you wrote, bullshit. All of it. And it does take on a different tint that he calls her Miss Petra after he says the words, I'm a black man? Yeah. Just a little little different there after that. Yeah, happens. and then it says that Ricky is furious that a janitor calls her out. And I'm like, wait, yeah. then you're not <laughs> oh an actual you're not an actual leftist. Like that's some serious How dare a member of the lower class mm-hmm. address yeah. me in this way. Like And then we close out this chapter with her uh, noting that she has become famous. Because of those 12,000 hits that Petra's parlance got yeah, in the last 24 hours. She's famous now. Really, really famous. I think collectively we've probably had things that have had 12,000 hits and no one has ever called us famous. Yes, yes, absolutely. We're, we're, and uh, so we now get to the, the end of this chapter. And the thing that ends this chapter, it doesn't really matter, is just she got a text from her mom that said she needs to come home. ASAP. Again, need to talk. this is all the same day. All the, the same day. The Post, this is all happening uh, in the same day. This has to be at least uh, 2 p.m., if I had to guess. Right? Well, the wine's 1 o'clock, were, she was at the tea. Uh, barely 1 p.m. So this is probably like 3 p.m., I would say. 
Okay, around 3 p.m. And that is what brings us into chapter 11. All right. Where, again, it starts with a note about the trolley ridership. Well, we need the, we need the, t- we need the title. Okay, yes. so if anybody's watched Euphoria, do this in um, the character Maddie's voice. <laughs> chapter 11. Is this fucking chapter about us? <laughs> or, y'all be weak in the knees! Stand up! Stand oh. up! If you've ever seen that TikTok, please stand up, Ricky. God. Okay. Because the beginning if, of it if is this wild. woman... Yes. If this woman writes the word trolley again, I'm filing a bar complaint against her son. <laughs> but basically, she is going to her parents' house, and she's getting close, right? She's, she's walking around the corner. She, I, I guess she got off the trolley at some point and is now walking. And she's reminiscing over the night with, with Mike, um, and then the chapter's over. Because <laughs> it's barely a page. Yeah. It's a fucking page. Um, yeah. She's like, she wondered what it would be like to have a man who was not just a friend, but also a lover. And that, like, you know how you talk about your lover. Yep, yep. <laughs> no. Or, me, or even a husband. Yeah, let me talk about this. So Mike can never be the right guy for Ricky. And the reasons are so obvious she can't list them. Although she cannot picture <laughs> Mr. Right either. So the author is revealing several things here. And these are really my only notes I got. She, like, lack of imagination. Yeah, she does not know what leftist women want in men. And so she does not want to list them or she's saying Ricky knows deep down Mike is actually right for her and won't admit it. But it also reveals Ricky has no standards. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. also <laughs> that mentions that Ricky is going to be on a local podcast, whatever that means. Yes. Yes. Her blog has now gotten more than 15,000 hits. And it says, quote, she was fast becoming a public figure. She'd been booked on a local podcast scheduled for 8 p.m. tonight. So, Morgan, how does it feel to have achieved the same level of fame as Ricky? Oh, my God. I, but, I mean, I'm famous and I'm, yeah. I was like, oh, my God, I'm famous. Yay. I'm going to be, well, I'm going to be the new Julia Fox. Welcome to our local podcast. I'm Cut Jones, yes. You're, you're our romance muse, Morgan. Oh, my God, yes. Well, yes. I'm excited about that, but I get booked on podcasts because I'm such a famous and public figure. Um, and I was yep. like, yeah, no, um, I love that. Uh, she's like, oh, I'm ready for a high visibility future. Like all of us are just all of these feminists and, you know, we're all just public figures in the making. So we just make up stuff for more followers. And I'm like, yeah, if I wanted yeah, more followers, like I just post nudes. Did you not read the most recent uh, Soros newsletter? That was in there. Uh, uh, there was a, like a whole column. Oh, about damn. It. I was supposed to post nudes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah you got to check that stuff well. out. But that brings us to chapter 12. And Morgan, what is our alternate chapter title? So chapter many 12? red flags that I'm at the running of the bulls being <laughs> gored. Yeah, I did put down run away. That was what I put down oh, because yeah. this chapter begins so with her walking up to her parents' house and Mike's truck is sitting in the driveway. Also, this is a huge ambush from her parents. Her parents mm-hmm. fucking yeah, suck. Yeah, This is yeah. awful. It's awful. It is so awful. And I love how she does describe the truck as beefy, very black, super cab pickup truck. So in my mind, Mark, <laughs> or not Mark, Mike parks like shit. None of these men know how to drive these trucks either. So it's, it's very obvious. So he's parked like fucking diagonally, nearly like railing yeah, into another yeah. car and the mailbox also, has been dented. there's no way... That this isn't the same truck like fifteen men have that all do the same job. <laughs> like they all have the same fucking truck. Oh so. yeah. Oh yeah. Every fucking asshole owns the same. Who never has anything in the bed of the truck. Yeah, it's this same fucking truck. It's a fucking four door fucking big ass pickup truck with leather interior. 
It's it's the same exact truck every douchebag you know owns. Yeah, but this is uh, mortifying yes. because, yeah, and also oh, yeah. my dad would not be, like, I don't even go to my dad's house, much less, like, if a man came over being like, oh, let me snitch on your daughter who's nearly 30, he'd be like, first of all, who are you? How did you get my address? Why would I believe you? I'm calling the police. Like, also, she's a grown-ass adult? Like, why is this yeah. my problem? Yeah, I mean, she's yeah, at so, least mid twenties, right? Yeah, because she's in grad school, 20, so twenty-five. Like, we get behavior. an age later, twenty-five, and he's never even met them before, too. So let's no. Yeah. So she goes into the house, and there's Mike talking with her parents. See, that's res- you, you don't need to okay. go in. You can just also, fucking run away and one, never one, talk to your parents yeah. again. You can. One do second. That. This is again timelines. Very important to me. <laughs> okay, yes, I know. At least at so, least four p.m. in the afternoon is the yes, earliest. Yes, and could her be. her father says Mike came by an hour ago. So yeah. Mike, if we're assuming, I'll go with Benedict's number, four p.m. Mike got there around three in the afternoon. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. We know that, and then Mike tells us that his job site is crawling with punks, the ones who saved her from him which he means Antifa. There's Antifa at his job site, and mm-hmm. he's mad. He says, quote, You lied. You lied about me, about everyone, about the whole rally. I kept you from getting hurt. We ate together at the diner, had coffee. I brought you back here to your parents' house because against you didn't your feel will. safe going back to your apartment. All those things were against her will. Like, she did not ask for him to yeah. save her at the rally. Like, you should have done that probably because that would have been a nice thing to do. And, you know, my theory is that Mike hired those people. Number two... I think he might have fired the people at his... Hired the people at his job yes, site. Yes, I was like, going to continue into yes. conspiracy theory. Yes, yeah. I, I was going to get into that. I think that he hired those people as well. And I'll get into more why um, later on. But, yeah, this is him, like, forcing his niceties and insisting, like, oh, I brought you here and everything. I'm like... Hey, Mike, why don't you mention how you were a complete asshole to her and told her basically she was evil and that she was stupid and called her a Nazi? Why don't we bring that up and then how you basically <laughs> Out of forced nowhere. her to get into the truck and go with you to the diner because you wouldn't call an Uber for her and wait to make mm-hmm. sure she was okay? Or how... Um, you basically, yeah, like have done all this stuff or have gone to her parents without telling her, just showed up at her parents that you have never met and decided to say, oh, your daughter is spreading lies about me online and everything. Huge, you know, if that's so manipulative because he's Your daughter clearly- lied about me on the internet. He went to their parents' house because their daughter lied about Someone's him on the internet. Mad. Also, like, okay, not not to condone anything, obviously, but like his video of what's happening at his job site is some people blocking an entrance. Yeah, it's just like, one access point. Yeah, and like, yeah. no one's burning anything down. Nobody's breaking equipment. No one is. They're just there. And she turns like her parents completely against her, which to me seems like it's not that hard to do because Ricky at this point has not even told her side of the story, right? No, like not this even man has just showed up and said your daughter's a liar, and they're like, oh yeah, for sure. Which, for sure, she's a bitch. Yeah, which, for sure, red flag. And Ricky's father even says, if you deliberately besmirch Mike's reputation, that's evil. And I was genuinely shocked at that. Like, I think the author does not realize, and I hate this term. I hate this term with everything in my being, the whole daddy issues trope or whatever. Uh-huh. But, like, you can tell, like, that is because, yeah, men use that just in the grossest possible way. And... Mm. um. Yeah, but genuinely, I was I was shocked. And then also, um, Ricky's mom is not much better because she then mentions, oh, well, maybe I um, 
accidentally may have mentioned the job site. And I guess, yeah, she did. At the time when I was reading that, I was like, did she? Because I didn't know. Which, again, I'm like, maybe Mike doxed himself, like, as an anonymous commenter. I think he Or did. that he hired those protesters and stuff, because that would actually track with what I feel like he's been doing. Because yeah, he's he, isolated. Okay. Based her. on some other people he hires a little bit later in this yeah. book, it's yeah. possible. Yeah, That's because true. of the mention yeah, of, yeah, true. the uh, the Blackwater people. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh-huh. Yeah, the mum says the mum gives the game away here for me because she says and remember the meeting where she doxed him was at two one o'clock at the earliest uh-huh. yep mike is the nicest young man ricky he knocked on the door this morning he yep. was very polite he apologized for bothering us he told us right away who he was and why he'd come to the house so this has all happened to mike before she could have even possibly doxed him yep. so something is fishy Yep, yep, exactly. And then also uh, Ricky's mom being like, oh, he's the nicest young man. He came to, like, no, that's not a nice thing to do is to bother people about what your grown daughter is supposedly doing and like completely off guard. And that's also manipulation tactic because he's like, as you can, as we see throughout the book, like Mike isolates her from everybody. Oh, yeah. Isolates her from her parents, turns them against her. Oh, he's using pickup artists. Yeah, tactics. yeah. He's doing very much that. Like, the whole the negging, every, isolating them. <laughs> like, it, it's so it's so many red flags. And also the parents. I'm like, yeah, the parents are trash because they're like, oh, Mike is so nice and he was telling us, you know, basically what a fucking bitch you are. And it's it's like, oh, that's rough. Like... The alternative to our theory here that this is all Mike, this a big Mike setup. The, the alternative is that there's like a shadowy group of Soros paid Antifa people sitting in a room eating saltines waiting to get the call to be dispatched. Yeah, there's no way that anyone would mobilize this quickly. Like, the Russian yeah, it's just impossible. Impossible. Quickly. I don't care how active you are or angry. Nobody's mobilizing this quick. But then there are two, two or three more important things in this chapter just to get. One is that we learn she's 25 because she says, but she wasn't 15 anymore. She was 10 years older. Okay. She was That's this many years like older. <laughs> <laughs> then we get Mike menacing her with a gun. Oh, Mike, for sure. It's so weird. For no reason, while she is trying to like, apologize to him block, bitch. outside <laughs> of the house at his truck, reaches in, pulls out a gun, opens up the chamber to check and make sure there's bullets in it, and doesn't say anything about it. That's menacing someone with a gun who you've just been in an argument with. Mm-hmm. That's what that is. Yeah. Because he well, could have waited until well, he was okay, in so the he, vehicle or no, on the road yeah. to check the gun but if he thought he needed a gun. He, he says, when you get threats against your life, you have to make sure you're protected or some like, uh-huh. Which, that's uh, not even other, mentioned. like they just violent fantasy an, bullshit. Yeah, they just blocked an access point. Who was threatening his life? <laughs> Nobody. But all of this, she is Ricky is so upset. She's so ashamed. And it leads her... To write a mea culpa, oh my an article telling everyone how she was lying in the first blog post. And she lays it all out on the line. She finally tells the truth. And I have to read this because it's just, you got to hear it. It's, quote, I've told you the story of the rally I attended. That story was a lie. I now give you the story that is the whole truth, the entire truth. It begins with a man who lives by the rule, ladies first, and he lives every word of that. I know his rule firsthand, for he practiced it with me, even though my own acts in the face of his kindness were far from ladylike. Far from ladylike. As I grew into adulthood, I quashed the dream of every little girl who wants to marry her handsome prince. 
It was silly. It was all a result of centuries of white male oppression and privilege. Well, I'm here to tell you that handsome princes do exist. I met one. Let me tell you about him and how he saved me from the ravages of a violent anti-fascist mob after the rally, and how he saved me from being completely taken over by the raving lunacy of what we call feminism today. I renounce that, and I'm here to tell you why. And then she dot, doesn't. Dot, dot. She doesn't say. You've got to well, say. You've got to finish it doesn't, the There are other snippets of it throughout the end of this book, but we never get to read the Fine. whole thing. Yeah, which I'm like, maybe, because later on there's these protesters at her place, I'm like, maybe she did say something that you know was yeah. wild but protest worthy because yeah we don't know what she said in that blog um but yeah no i love how one man was mean to her but paid attention to her therefore feminism is bad and yep. also yep. a handsome prince motherfucker you refuse to describe him in this book <laughs> he's a hulk he's a handsome prince he's a handsome prince what is what is there to be hulk. described good god but we get to chapter 13 uh, which, Morgan, what is our alternate chapter title? The woke mob will come for all of you, and I definitely know what you bring to a legitimate tattoo appointment. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So we, we now get the next morning, after she has written her apology post, and she wakes up at her parents and goes back to her house to pick up her stuff for her tattoo session, uh, which is a giant bag of cash and uh, supplies, vaguely. Also, she's, and as she's approaching carrying her home, a bag she of ice. Yeah. Which is very important to the plot. <laughs> yeah, you know how I do when it, when I got my um, my tattoo, I, my big ass tattoo. I went and made sure like I grabbed a bag of ice as one does. Mm-hmm. But the, the bag of ice is clearly nothing to do with the tattoos because she's still going to get the tattoo, but she just pours the bag of ice away at the okay, end of the chapter. May- Okay, I was unclear on the ice. I thought it was for the next cocktail party. Maybe I just missed the portion. She is where not was... invited to the next cocktail party. No, she yes, was not. Because there is an Antifa mob, mob surrounding her house. Oh, yeah. And she has four hours until her tattoo appointment. And she is she's doesn't know what to do. So what does she do? She calls the guy who has been nothing but mean to her and now definitely well she calls karen first and karen calls her a bitch and tells her she's moving out yeah because she's a karen's like i'm moving out she's a she's like she's a fascist and um Uh also the rioters have bike locks and of course they're hiding knives under their oh oh oh, what kind of bike locks do they have what kind of bike locks do they have grade bike locks (laughs) oh yeah they are described as weapons-grade bike locks. And, you know, I bought a bicycle recently, and I remember being uh, offered regular bike locks and weapons-grade bike locks. Oh, yeah. And the weapons-grade bike with locks... With, like, a nod and a wink. Like, they knew, like, you know, these are, you know, these are the heavy-duty bike locks in case you need uh, protection for your uh, bike... Uh, yeah, the weapons-grade bike logs have a Patriot missile attached to them. I, you, don't, you don't know about that? That's uh, that's the whole situation. Also, they're just slapping on. these weapons-grade bike logs against their own thighs. <laughs> yeah, they have bats, too. So I'm imagining <laughs> like somebody just slapping a Louisville slugger around. Or... <laughs> they're, they're, just about, they're about to go yeah. into a musical number. Like they're, they're dropping the beat for a musical number oh my against God. their own thighs. Antifa the musical. But yeah, she calls Mike, and she basically begs Mike to save her until he gives in. Mm-hmm. Oh, is, is but it. crucially, he hasn't read the Mayor Culpa blog yet. No, we don't no, know not at all yet. yet. He has. So come this later is just him being a nice guy. Also, can I mention, it mentions that she has the ice and her supplies so she can nurse her tattoo wound in peace. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> calm down. It's not a wound. Like, it's a scam. Yeah, but it's a scam. Mike doesn't want to help her uh, because he's like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to help you, you know, because he's all pissed off. But And she starts crying. 
and quote there was no you know how women get men to do things yeah yeah we start we cry so that they'll come do things for us but it mentions that the tears were kind of real because quote there was no faking this helpless and female self oh god Ooh. This we also helpless human this female woman. Oh yeah. We also learned at this point that she has been kicked out of the sisterhood. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's, been, she's totally gone. Yeah, immediately. Yeah, and uh, that's when Mike, you know, after she cajoles him, Mike agrees to help and tells him, like, you know, to go over to Michelle at uh, the house. And so that's where we begin with chapter fourteen, which Morgan is titled. Nobody expects Blackwater. <laughs> <laughs> So she gets to Mike's house, and Michelle is there, and we get a description of what she's now wearing, which I think explains why we got a reference to a trad wife earlier in this book. Because that appears to be the direction she's heading in. I think Morgan's uh, comment from the first episode of this about uh, Ben Shapiro's sister is becoming more and more real every day. Because she is described as wearing her most conservative clothes today. A white button-down blouse tucked into her ankle-length jeans, paired with black patent leather ballet flats that she kept at her parents' house. Her days of ripped jeans and black nails and tinted hair were now in the past. Yeah, and it doesn't even say, like, I don't know, conservative as in, like, covering up. It's just like, and also, you can wear some tight-ass jeans. Well, these are ankle-length jeans. They are ankle-length jeans. Like, I've worn, I mean, as opposed to my my sexy calf-length jeans. (laughs) (laughs) As as opposed to the one where my ass is fully out. Um, Those those slutty capris you see wearing. wearing Yeah, no, with an ass like mine, I don't think any jeans I've ever worn could be described as conservative, but, you know. That's me, but um, but I don't think Ricky has an ass because it just described her boobs. Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, and I don't. don't. Also, Michelle is wearing a sweatshirt and pajamas. So yep, just so so we know. Yeah, no, uh, or as I call her, uh, Michaela Peterson. Yeah, yeah, Uh, and so we get conversation between the two of them, and the gist of it is, you were so kind, even though I was so so liberal. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's, there's yeah. a bit where Michelle goes, ah, feminism, which is... <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, she does. And um, Michelle is described, and, you know, she, I, I am con- convinced by this chapter that uh, Ricky actually does want to fuck Michelle, which, again, could be a good book because she describes Michelle. But Michelle was certainly a strong woman who deserved respect. Michelle's life and the lives of, say, her rally seatmates, maybe all the women who voted for Trump over Hillary, were just as full, independent, and active as hers. No, so, they're just uh, no. serving the they're patriarchy. They're empty and hollow. <laughs> That's all. Also, like, all of her apologies involve her being like, I haven't been much of a lady. Yeah, which, which I'm like, where? Like, she hasn't even said anything back. Like, she just sits there in silence while Mike, like, is horribly mean to her. Yeah. <laughs> That's been the entirety of this book. Like, and, I mean, Michelle at least is nice. Yeah. But I, I don't see anything where Michelle's being, like, flat-out rude. Yeah, no, but she does mention, I love how she says, you know, when you go against the left, they make you pay. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, we all hate each other on the left. Have you seen us? Like, I wish we were yeah. as monolithic as these people like to pretend. But also, I've seen mm-hmm. how these people treat people once they go against Trump in the slightest. So Yeah, yeah there's, an, there's an interesting, like 
there, there could be an interesting conversation to arise about political groups and what happens when you leave one and how that often forces you to be an even more strident member of your new political group as if to pre- we don't get any of that i'm surprised you know yeah, that'd be a, a, of, course no, not, of course not yeah but no yeah. and then it, michelle also mentions that mike has had scrapes with those who hate america and capitalism before so again i was like where <laughs> was mike on january yeah. 6th like what's mike been doing? <laughs> yeah. also my favorite my favorite bit of this chapter is ricky oh, feeling we envious. still don't know who left the pipe bombs on january 6th that's mike yeah Yeah. Uh, my favorite bit of this chapter is ricky feeling envious knowing that mike and michelle were able to afford their own condo quote it made so much sense to build equity in a home yeah yeah as if if a reason why people don't buy houses in college is just they Uh. haven't thought about it Eh, I just prefer renting. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, like again, what kind of house? You don't have to pay pay your own contractors. The landlord does it for you in a really nice way. So. But no, no, Bennett, you are wrong because the best part of this oh, chapter God. is the name of the tattoo oh, yeah. parlor I she is apparently going times. to, which is called Covington Tattoo Group. You know how yes, tattoo here at Covington are Tattoo Group, we pride ourselves <laughs> on having the straightest and most detailed tramp stamps. The finest breast tattoos, and of course, the most beautiful butthole butterflies. I thought, I thought she was going to say, I, I really like, in my head, it reads as Covington Tattoo Group, LLC. <laughs> yes! <laughs> yes, I'm under general, under outside general counsel. Um, yeah. I will be sending a cease and desist. Um, yes, welcome to Covington Tattoo Group. Would you like your sparkling water and cucumber sandwich? Now we're at the end of your session. Yeah. Well, it does oh, seem God. to be fancy, but then Mike calls it a dump, so I'm really confused as to Who the, the quality fuck? of this no. But Mike is dumb, so who knows? That, that's but, true. It's probably yeah. well. Fancy. And Mike, well, Mike is dumb, but Mike apparently has connections to m- armed mercenary groups. Uh, because yeah. This is where we get some of Blackfire, which is Blackwater. That is the name of this group. Obviously. Oh well, sure. I. I think I think Black Moisture would have been too on the nose yeah. if she would have used that. <laughs> black term. Black Damp. <laughs> yeah. So and he says after she asks who that is. A private security firm I contract with. What does that they fill even in mean? With the police what does let that off. mean? Oh, you know how uh, contractors regularly need armed regularly mercenaries subcontract to murder their enemies? Yeah, they need military mercenaries for uh, the, the crime of, I guess, standing in one access point. Like, which, again, mm-hmm. there's like, there probably is another access point that is open. And also, I love how earlier... Uh, Ricky mm-hmm. mentions getting red pilled to which again um, and also there's the use of the word woke where I'm like stop teaching boomers these words yep. who is yeah. stop yeah, please stop please stop for the love of God um, but yeah no I don't I'm not thrilled that Mike has ties to uh, Blackwater I, I don't like that no, I'm like how do all. you know Eric Prince you know probably not yeah, anything it's good it's not good nothing good it's definitely not good yeah and that brings us to chapter 15 which is the heroic infiltration oh. of Ricky's own apartment to get her tattoo Before we money. Get to well, that. man walks, hired a mercenary the crew door so calmly. she could get her tattoo money. Before that. He could have just paid for the fucking tattoo. Yes. But before Which that. Which he does. <laughs> Sorry, Morgan, go ahead. Before that, um, Mike comes in, comes in, you know, and he talks about uh, Blackwater, and he says the police won't do anything, basically, because, mm-hmm. and the implication there is the police protect the left. But oppress yeah. the right, which Stand we all know is what happens. But then again, I was thinking back to Melissa being shunned because her dad's a cop. Well, what if that was a good thing? Because her dad was protecting Antifa. Mm. 
Yeah, and, very and again, true. it shows again the author's view of police, which often is was contradictory. Like you know, blue lives matter, but you know, uh, we we but also wanting to kill cops. Um, yeah, it's, it seems like they hate. She hates the police. Like it really yeah. does not. The police do not come across well in any of this book. Yeah, except for like the thing where she has to be all blue lives matter about it with Melissa. But again, it shows that people like the author here only like police when they see them as extensions of themselves that are used to oppress people that they don't like. But yes, chapter mm-hmm. fifteen. Right. Um, because that's at the very end of chapter 14. Chapter 15, I've called, calm down. This is not Kiev. And, no. or did Ronan just commit vehicular homicide? Yes. Yes, that was my question. Okay, look, none of the details really matter in chapter 15. They get, you know, they have somebody in the crowd to distract people. They get into the house to get her tattoo money. Th- they, but then they uh, okay, get to Ronan's you're truck. Really, you're really exaggerating it. She walks through the back door. This yes, is, is okay, what happens. Yes. She really does not need help doing this. And Ronan is waiting out back with the truck. And when they get back to it, it does describe Ronan hitting a protester with the truck. Mm. Which I Which get is, is their fucking Florida, fantasy. So this this must be Florida, right? This now we've narrowed it yeah. down. Yeah, yeah. I guess it. But the way be. he describes it, like you wouldn't even realize at first if that's what's happening because it's so passive. The way it's described, it's like a protester, <laughs> a, a protester gets bounced flung off the truck. Off, yeah, a yeah. protester gets flung off backwards from a bumper. Like, yeah, yeah it's the it's most passive nuts. way to say, oh no, you just hit a protester and you like that yep. shit, but you don't have. Yeah, the it's like to officer it. involved shooting. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> It is their fantasy. But then we come to chapter 16. We're getting to the very end now. And chapter 16 is, again, a one-page chapter, which is Mike dropping her off and him saying, we can't date because I'm awkward and bad with words. And (laughs) that's basically what he's saying here. Because she says, can I ever see you again? And he says, we don't belong together. We're too different. I'm an old-fashioned guy. I can't do it your way. Guys ask girls. Girls don't ask guys. Okay. I've never heard of a Sadie Hawkins dance. (laughs) This is all just people who have only ever had relationships where they asked the other person, will you be my girlfriend? You want to go steady? That's the only type of people this fucking is. (laughs) That's so funny. But she is upset over that. Because she She must be in love with him. And I'm like, whoa. Yeah. How did you come to that conclusion? Mm -hmm. And again, I think it's because now she's isolated and Mike is the only person she has. Potentially. Absolutely. Which, and that brings us to chapter plan. 17. Yes. In chapter 17, right. this whole chapter, um, this whole oh. chapter is Paul Rudd in Wet Hot American Summer throwing a tantrum. Oh, yeah. And Morgan, please, please do this scene with me. Uh, because this begins. Michelle Wait, what's faced the chapter? Him. What is the chapter? Ricky. Oh, yeah. What's the uh, chapter? Ricky does some insane dick writing, but not in a fun way. <laughs> and Morgan, if you would just do this scene with me where you read Morgan's dialogue, just the Morgan's dialogue. dialogue. Oh, no. read, uh, Michelle. I will read Mike. Okay. Uh, go to, uh, we'll go to What's Wrong With You. Let's begin there with this scene. All right. What's wrong with you? Nothing! I'm a klutz, okay? It's that girl. Why don't you just leave for a while? You try to get rid of me? Maybe I want to be alone. Maybe I don't feel like doing this shit. So, don't do this shit. And I grab a roll of shelf paper. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you just now drop off Ricky? Yeah. You gonna see her again? Huh? <laughs> Why not? Look who she is. I don't want a girl like that. She colors her hair weird. Runs around with man-hating females. She lies. She made up that whole post about me. It ruined my business. No, it didn't. I tip my head at you. My face looks <laughs> a certain way I do when I see something besides a topic of conversation at hand. <laughs> 
You're wrong. Your business will survive, and that girl's a keeper. You're crazy. She's a freak. I don't do freaks. When was the last time she looked that way? Ooh, first time Giz, I met Giz her. Turn, gears turning in, in Mike's head, thinking about it. Right. She's changed since then. I've seen it. You've seen it. You just haven't paid attention. She's in love with you. That's crazy! You think so? You never bring girls here. <laughs> but you brought her here after the rally so she could clean up. I saw it then. I saw the way you looked at her, and she liked it. You brought her here to get my approval. Admit it. Well, you've got it. I don't need your approval! Say whatever you want. Did you even read her new blog post? No. Oh, well, let me enlighten you. Sit. And see. And see. Bravo. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you so I very mean, much. Um, you can catch wonderful. me at the Austers. I'll be the one slapping Chris Rock next year. Uh, <laughs> but before that, just... I just want to say, um, Mike does that thing where he pretends he's bad at a task so that he doesn't have to do it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah where yeah, he's yeah. asked oh, yeah. to, like, take out the silverware, and then he just, like, drops the whole drawer on the floor because he th can't help... <laughs> Stabs but... himself in the face with a fork. <laughs> yeah, right? he can't help but think about how it's such a woman-like task and how he doesn't want to do it. And then uh -huh. I did laugh at this sentence, so he talks about how he just wants to drink and settle in for the night. No glass, just bottle and mic. So I gotta ask, fellas, is it gay to drink Jack Daniels from a glass? <laughs> I guess so. I don't know. Wow. But so the rest of this chapter is Michelle reading uh, the mea culpa blog post that Ricky put up. And him Mike. wanting to cry, but not able to because he's a man. Unable to cry, including the great line from that blog post. At one time in my life, I thought that destroying marriage would be a great step for society to take. And now the very thing I wanted to destroy, in the space of 48 hours, is something I very much want now for myself, it's so my lame. future. It's That's so, so embarrassing! You it met is. this man Dude, once and he was mean to you the whole time! Absolutely telling on yourself yeah. that you are the worst person in the world. Yeah! You have you're willing a to... very pathetic life. Yeah, you're willing to throw Ugh. away all your values because you're horny. Like, get up. Again, this is insane dick riding. This is insane that you're like, I will give up everything I supposedly believe um, for, like, this man's dick. Like, that is fucking But you crazy. haven't even seen our experience. Yeah. Okay, but all of this leads up to the fucking greatest thing, oh. which was... Mike deciding that he does love Ricky, a woman who he has met exactly twice and who <laughs> wrote a blog post that doxed him and caused him a bunch of havoc. Um, and Michelle says, you should probably go talk to her. He rose, picked up his keys. I guess so. He sat down again. I'd better think this over a little bit. I need to work up my courage. Oh, I almost forgot, said Michelle. Now what? She's getting a tattoo this afternoon. He came out of his chair. He couldn't let her do that. What? I don't like tattoos on women. Did she say when? <laughs> well, did she tell you where? Yeah, a place called Covington. That dump? How does this guy who hates tattoos on women know about the best tattoo parlors in town? Yeah. And well, apparently he just thinks all tattoo parlors are dumb. Also, I love Maybe. the phrase, he came out of his chair. Dude, <laughs> <laughs> are you sure you don't like tattoos on women? Because it seems like you might. Coming out of well, my chair and us... I'm doing just fine. <laughs> So he runs out the door to stop Ricky from getting a tattoo, which brings us to chapter 18, the Hold final on. No, chapter. No, no, I, I know I'm in a rush, but I have to read uh -huh. the last bit of that. Okay, said, fine. I know, he said, she's not my girl, but maybe, dot, 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 he yanked on his ball cap and sprinted out the door before he finished his thought. You know he's how you running can't to run stop a woman who he's time. not dating from getting a tattoo. 
Okay, chapter 18. <laughs> what is it with Which this us to author and tattoos? It is an obsession. And also, we really? finally get to learn what the tattoo looks like. It sounds like yes. a fine tattoo. But what's the title first? Um, just what is it with this author and tattoos? Oh, okay. It That's is an obsession. <laughs> it is yeah. an obsession. <laughs> it is getting weird. It is, yeah. Yes, and this starts with the most melodramatic line I have possibly ever read, which is, quote, In the space of two hours, Ricky had gone from dreading the pain of this procedure to welcoming it. The pain on her hip, she hoped, would blanket the pain in her heart. Pain of a different sort, caused by Mike's absence in her life. Girl, you have spent at most two and a half hours with Mike. Yeah. And the now you're worried about the by absence the tiny, of him in your tiny, life. tiny needles would make a match for the hole in her heart by Mike not being there. And yes, we learn what the tattoo design is, and it's supposed to be a capital letter R in, quote, elaborate feminine script combined into the stem and leaves of a large, very red rose, Ricky's favorite flower. Sounds so fine. Sure. Whatever. Hashtag basic, I yeah. mean. I mean, it's, it's, it is basic. Yeah, it's a, ba- it's a basic tattoo. That's what that is, if we're going to be honest about it. But while she's waiting for Jenna, the tattoo artist, to begin this tattoo, Mike comes running up to the window and waving at her from the outside. Also, she has, she's wearing a dress, and she has it, like, I guess over... Her underwear and everything because the tattoo's going on her hip. So, like, uh-huh. yeah, so Mike's out there and I guess she's got like her dress up, crotch out, but it does say she covers <laughs> herself up as he enters the shop. So, I guess that's, you know. Okay, but he already saw her through the window. Yeah, yeah. I know. She was just bare assing it to the window. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. She was like, I'd, he's like, I'd know that ass anyway. <laughs> I know that flat ass anywhere. I spent a whole Trump rally staring at that ass. Uh, But so uh, Ricky goes to talk to him and uh, he says, or she says actually first rather, why are you here? I was going to ask you the same thing because I want to do (laughs) this. He doesn't understand why he's, she's at a tattoo parlor. She's like, well, I was going to ask you why you're here. Like, I would think it's self-explanatory. Yeah. Taking a bath. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, why? Because everybody has one? Absolutely. I no, like that. That is not true. Everybody does not have them. I think about 20 I don't have any tattoos. 25% I Because I, I, yeah. I don't have strong enough feelings about any art to, to want to have it. I'm just lazy. I have one that. because I'm an evil feminist. Yeah, my, my wife has <laughs> three. Yeah, so, it's massive. Know, I, she lowers her voice. Sorry, boy. She lowers her voice and says, it's important, Mike, to me. What if I don't want you to do it? Why do you care? Two hours ago, you wouldn't even look at me. Now you want to run my life? No, I don't want to run your life. I just want you to think about what you're about to do. Which is not what that no, means. No, he does want he to He means he life. doesn't want her to get a tattoo. <laughs> yeah. I want you to come to the same conclusion that I've come yes. to. Yes. Yeah. But on and your now, own. She says she's wanted this tattoo since she was eight years old. And Mike just keeps repeating that he doesn't like women with tattoos. And that it's oh, literally, he says that to her. He's just, oh, he, okay, yeah. can, I, can I please read this? He says, she Please. raised her eyes to this. His, t- his, his look was as soft as his touch. It's permanent, he said. <laughs> it's scars. It's disrespectful to the perfect body that God gave you. <laughs> and she has no answer to that. She's like, yeah, checkmate <laughs> me, I guess. Like, she's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I would have followed a restraining yeah. order, but, you know, that's me. That's creepy. That's a creepy phrase to say. But he finishes. He says, I'm an old-fashioned guy. But even I know enough that I can't forbid you to do this. So, so please come to, to the conclusion you, on your own, bitch. <laughs> I'm going to ask you, don't do this just yet. Not for me, but for us. Us? What do you mean, us? Michelle read me your mea culpa blog post. Oh? 
Ricky was feeling dizzy from, <laughs> from the Beatles, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I'm feeling dizzy too, but for an entirely different reason. Yeah. And would you guess they say they love each other and she decides she's not going to get a tattoo. And then yes. Mike pays yeah, the tattoo artist $150 for the pleasure of not tattooing her. Yeah, yeah, which, yeah which is not how that works. Which that tattoo artist absolutely played them because if she goes, how much you owe me? She's like 150 I'm like, I love this one. I mean, there could be like a cancellation yeah, yeah, fee I if there's like Jenna. an appointment. If it's someone who's really heavily booked like and that you're taking up their time, it's possible. I get it. But it like literally the author takes the time to say that Mike takes out his wallet and drops 150 on the or counter. The, the ultimate reading of this is that Jenna is an actor that Mike has paid. Um, <laughs> oh! Who was, who was never going to give the tattoo, but wanted to pretend that he could come in and, so that he could come in and save her from getting the oh tattoo. Oh, God, this entire, this entire book is just... She, he's Trumaning. He's Truman showing her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. Truman showing yeah, her. Yeah, that's how I read it. I read this as a horror story because it's also upsetting because good luck to you, Ricky. I know this man cannot find a clit. Yep. Uh, but this book ends, and I'm just going to read the way this book ends. Quote, He swept Ricky into a kiss. She stepped away, breathless. I think I'm hungry. You know how you respond to a kiss. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's you know how you do. Mike, uh, Mike laughed. Hungry. We'd better get, better get you something to eat. Arm in arm, they walked out the door of the tattoo parlor. Mike took his phone from his pocket. Who are you calling, said Ricky. The diner, to see if they take reservations. My girl's hungry, and I don't want her to wait. The <laughs> This end. man goes to this diner all the time. Yeah. Hey, he knows whether they take reservations Oh, but Bennett, you know how the fancy part of fancy restaurants is the reservation? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 what it is. It's, yeah, a diner. They surely, yeah, they're probably like, yep. yeah, man, whatever. Like, sure, yeah. we'll reserve a table, because that's how things work. But, um, yeah, no, I, this was upsetting. God, this was so upsetting. Yep. Um, I had yep. nothing. I, I truly had nothing. <laughs> I'm, I'm just like... My soul has been crushed. This woman <laughs> is never going to come. So, Morgan, I mean, this was nuts. This was crazy. I think we can all agree that there are several things that uh, this author has never done. Ridden a subway, had a blog, met a feminist, met a leftist, been to a Trump rally, met someone who loved her experience the passage of linear time any of those things this author has no familiarity with but thank you so much for suffering through this absolute garbage with us this has been nothing but fun uh and we're, we're always glad to have you on so if anybody wants to find more of you where can they find all you? right well easiest place to find me is going to be twitter that my handle is at mostring that's m-o-s-t-r-i-n-g right now my username is potential dc circuit nominee mo because technically there is now going to be an open seat because of KBJ. So technically I'm qualified. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, Ted Cruz just comes in with my thirst traps. Uh, ask me about them. <laughs> but, um, but which to which I, I already have an answer prepared. You know what, it'd be worth it just to see that at the confirmation. Yeah, right? just to see that. That'd be, it'd all be worth it because I already have a prepared response. Is it a thirst trap or is it just a picture of me and I'm hot? Um <laughs> So yeah, that's, that's my thing. And I'm also, also you can catch me on the opening arguments podcast that's hosted by Andrew Torres and Thomas Smith. I come on there on the occasion and talk about pop law where I talk about, um, 
legal happenings and pop culture and with celebrities and such. It's a really fun time. Should be due to do another one pretty soon here. And also you can catch me on the Humans Holler at the News podcast as well. So, um, yeah, I'm out and about. Make sure to check Morgan out. She's our favorite guest here on the show. Always has been. But thank you, Morgan, for coming on, and thank all of you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Remember, if you just can't get enough of us, you can go over to patreon.com forward slash NYGBC and become a patron for as little as $2 an episode for patron-only episodes, shout-outs on the show, early release of all our episodes, and more. And as always, we have to give a shout-out to our wonderful and amazing patrons, Tinker's Dam, Janet Yutter, Stefan, Shannon Hellman, Utah Outcasts, Paws, Brent Lee, David Garrido, Dave Barwick, Charles Trulier, Dodd Snow, Chris Palmer, Bad Bible Stitches, Ellie Bartlett, Mockingbird Nation, Benjamin Carlisle, Dexter, Allison, Megan Ruth, Glowrung the Deceiver, Big Easy Blasphemy, Becky Scott Fairley, Stephen and Cindy Dimmick, AJ Brantley, Taro Tacannon, Skeptical Seventh, and Balls Waterson. Thank you all as always for being our patrons. That's it for this week's show. Till next time, I think I'll sing it again. Goodbye. Bye. podcast is a production of Kevin and Benedict Productions. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Music for this podcast is by Silverman Sound Studios. Find out more at silvermansound.com.